In what we're doing now, we're getting to a feel of the world that is neither organic nor mechanical. Simply, what it is. We don't know the contrast, just as we don't know the contrast voluntary involuntary. We don't know the contrast organic Okay, folks, we are back. Meditations in Molotovs. I am your host, Vince Emanuele. You are listening to the Progressive Radio Network, where you could find us every Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time. Well, it has been at least a couple weeks. I know last week was Memorial Day weekend. I was out of town. I'll talk a little bit about that later on in the program. And so anyway, I was unable to do the show I don't think anyone did a show on Monday. The week before that, I want to say that we had Luke on the program and Sergio. And I think the week before that, we had a rerun for the program. So we'll get things back on track. There's a lot of local stuff happening. And I think what I would like to do is start interviewing a lot of the uh, local activists and artists and organizers and people who are doing interesting work where I am. Um, you know, in the past with the Veterans Unplugged program that I did, spent a lot of time interviewing authors and professors, and I would probably about 75% of the time interviewed them, and then I would take maybe 25% of the time and interview people who were doing work on the ground. At that time, a lot of the energy was around Occupy Wall Street. So this past weekend, there was the People Summit let me pull up some of the information here. In Chicago, Illinois, this was the second annual People's Summit. The first one took place last year during the primaries. And this year, the event was headlined by, let's see here, the folks who were involved, uh, Roseanne DeMauro, Eve Ensler, Francis Fisher, Josh Fox, Francis Fox Piven, Danny Glover, uh, Winona Houter, Van Jones, Sean King, Naomi Klein, Nomiki Konst, Bill McKibben, Michael Moore, John Nichols, Mark Ruffalo, Susan Sarandon, Linda Sarsour, David Sirota, Donna Smith, Nina Turner, Sarah Van Gelder, Katrina Vanden Heuvel, and Winnie Wong. So that was the, the main crew of speakers at the People's Summit this year. I'm going to try and tie this into actually a couple of local things. I just talked to a friend of mine who was working on a campaign to stop a private pavilion from being put in on the Dunes National Lakeshore in Chesterton, Indiana. And so basically, here's a public resource, and they're going to take this public resource and privatize it and then allow the entity that will own and operate the pavilion to make a profit off of this public source. And so what's interesting about that and what's interesting about the campaign that we've been conducting um, here in Michigan City for the Bismarck Hill uh, development project that we are trying to stop is that we have had very little help uh, and very little in terms of resource sharing and so on from the major NGOs in the area. So I won't necessarily name anyone 
today. There's no reason to do that right now. There will come a day when those organizations are called out publicly and in a very serious way. But right now is not the time. We'll just simply say that there's an environmental organization that exists here in the region um, that I think is largely full of shit. And it's just really that simple. And so I think the same thing is true with a lot of the people at the People's Summit. Uh, I think, to be quite honest with you, um, these are a lot of the activists and people who kind of bounce around from conference to conference, summit to summit. Um, They don't really have too many independent thoughts of their own. And this is really what worries me. What worries me the most is that Let's back up, actually, because I'm jumping all over the place, and I want to make a really coherent argument uh, uh, why I think we need to be more critical of these types of conferences and why I think that uh, people should maybe spend more time developing their own thoughts uh, as opposed to, say, just listening to people like uh, Thomas Frank and these authors and these... uh, you know, uh, these other type of like internet, uh, progressive celebrities, um, in that world, those people have big names. They have a lot of influence. They matter. And then outside of that world, they don't mean shit. So if you ask the average guy on the street or the average woman on the street about Naomi Klein or Francis Fox Piven, they can give a flying fuck about either of those people. And rightly so they, they probably shouldn't care about them. Um, their work is important. Of course their work's important. But the importance and the influence of their work I think is highly overrated and has always been. So there's like this this sense that we are much more important than we are uh, on the left. And that's sort of reflected in our ability or inability to win elections, our inability to take power, our inability to create a coherent movement with coherent demands, so on and so on. And I think a lot of this is due to the fact that people aren't being encouraged to think independently and or to think critically. People come to those conferences. Those conferences are designed by top-down professionals. Let's let's back up and understand how conferences are developed. I've been in a part of those sort of conferences. And they're not really from the grassroots, which is part of the problem. So if you listen to organizers and activists in the city of Chicago where this so-called summit was held, they will tell you uh, many of the grassroots organizers, and particularly those who are doing more radical, uh, serious work, uh, they weren't invited to the conference. Not only were they not invited to the conference, but when asked to go to the conference, uh, they were sort of blown off. Um, And so, like a lot of things that are designed from the top down and from the the professional class of activists and organizers and NGOs and people who are making tons of money. You know, I was watching one of the panels and I was looking at the panelist, Amy Goodman, who's a millionaire, in case you didn't know that, just let's be very clear. Um, Amy Goodman's a millionaire. Katrina Vanden Heuvel is a millionaire. Uh, Naomi Klein is a fucking millionaire. Danny Glover is a fucking millionaire. Jane Sanders is a fucking millionaire. And that's the end of the story, folks. So here's a panel, a supposed panel about, oh, my God, you know, here's these wonderful people, these wonderful white, rich women who are going to tell us how to organize. And then Danny Glover, the lone black guy on the panel. And then we're supposed to jump in, 
jump for joy because the all the identity politics have been hit on. Like, hey, we have a woman from the LGBT community. We have a black man. And the panel is four to one, five to one women to men. We're doing a hell of a job. Except the the level of analysis that you're getting is shit. It's the kind of shit that people should learn when they're in sociology 101 at their local college. I mean, what the fuck are these people saying? Amy Goodman, I get it. She's doing great reporting. She has no fucking clue how to organize. Not one. She's never run a campaign, a single-issue campaign, or an electoral campaign. She's not in the streets with the people other than to fly in, drive her car to a protest, walk around and interview people, which is awesome. She provides a good service. But that's it. She's a journalist. I mean, we're not going to take it. We're not going to take advice from fucking Ted Koppel about how to organize anything. The guy's a decent journalist. That's it. He knows how to interview people. He knows how to write a story. He knows how to ask the right questions. And those things are very important. But let's understand the limitations of those things. So when I see a panel with Naomi Klein, Jane Sanders, Danny Glover, Katrina Vandenhoevel, and Amy Goodman, all five of whom are millionaires, and I'm going to sit there and listen to them without a critical mind. I'm going to sit there and listen to these people who didn't even bother to mention U.S. empire. I would argue that the left and progressives are skirting that issue to the best of their ability because they have absolutely no response for those things. I mean, usually when people don't talk about a particular thing, it's because they don't have much to say about it. And I would argue that's the case. That was the case from the beginning with the Bernie Sanders campaign. And today, you know, and it's, oh, for fuck's sakes, my friend, you're beating a dead horse. This, if I, I mean, if I hear Bernie's name one more fucking time, my head's going to explode. I mean, I, and, and let me tell you as someone, and this is what gets me worried. If I feel this way, and I'm someone who's devoted the last 10, 11 years of my life to this work. I'm someone who spent a lot of time working with the Bernie campaign, put in a lot of time and resources, but always with a critical mind. And that was what we were trying to encourage people to do before, you know, during the primary season. Can you support Bernie while remaining critical? But that wasn't the case. And people, most, most of Bernie's supporters treated Bernie no differently than Obama's and Trump's supporters treated Obama and Trump. They blindly followed what the old man said, and they didn't have goddamn interesting independent thought to express of themselves. It's that simple. I've talked to Bernie's supporters for two years, and they haven't had a fucking interesting thing to say for two years. What do they say? They parrot whatever Bernie says. Free, med- free medicine, Medicare, and education for everyone, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah, man. I mean, that. yeah. Welcome to the fucking party. I had those ideas when I was 19, when I was a 22-year-old fucking kid going to a uh, uh, freshman in college, getting out of the Marine Corps. I understood that at the very least, we should have a living wage, we should have free education, and people should have access to health care and dental work. Welcome to the party. I mean, if that's radical for you or if that's bold for you, you are light years behind the curve and i suggest catching up or being left in the dust because the same the other thing that we're getting from a lot of people the bernie supporters is oh why isn't everyone as excited about the 75 year old jewish guy from brooklyn as i am i don't know number one because i don't really think he's that good of a politician um is he good at winning yeah sure i mean is he someone i want to sit down and have a beer with no i don't need him wagging his finger and talking with his brooklyn accent you know i mean come on 
this is it's it's almost as much of a joke to me as the uh, the nonsense that's going on in the mainstream news with Comey and Trump. That's something else that I tried to that we've tried to encourage people to stay away from, which is the day to day tabloid politics. I got news for you, folks. Trump ain't going nowhere. Like I told you before, and like I'll tell you again, that motherfucker might be in office until we're all dead. So get that through your thick little skulls, my friends on the left who want to believe that this guy's going anywhere. And even if he does go somewhere, what the fuck is next? Mike Pence? And then what? So you're going to, then what's going to happen? Then you're going to impeach Pence, and then what? You're going to get Paul Ryan? Get the fuck out of here, man. I, I can't take it seriously. Which is why we've been focusing all of our energy on local efforts with local activists and organizers who are serious, critical, willing to put in the work. That's, that's where I can, after 10 years, that's where I'm at. I've taken a lot of time to reflect and think about the last 10 years and what I've been involved with, what I haven't been involved with, and why I continue to do this work. And I have to say, you know, we have to, as the old saying goes, we should always be thinking globally but acting locally. I think we should do all of the above. We should think globally and locally, and we should act globally and locally, regionally and so forth. It's hard to build political relationships with people overseas, day-to-day actual relationships. It's easy to sort of hold one-off events. I had a conversation with my friend overseas in Australia who was holding uh, environmental actions coordinated with many different countries around the world. But it was, it was a, sort of a one-off thing. You know, you have these events and, oh, wait, actually, it was for the break free from fossil fuels event. I mean, that's great. It was a great event. The event in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with that event. It's, it's excellent. You bring people together. Hopefully, some people get educated. Hopefully, some people meet some new faces and make some new connections and all of the rest. But what came of that? Was there any environmental infrastructure here in, say, my region of northwest Indiana that was created because we had this break free from fossil fuel event? Not at all. Not at all. Was, was that break free from fossil fuel event sort of connected to any ongoing environmental campaigns? Not at all. Did the energy and the contacts that were made, the connections that were made from that break free from fossil fuel event, were they transferred to day-to-day operations and campaigns taking place here in the region? Not at all. So again, what I see is a lot of people sort of getting together, telling each other things that they want to hear, not being very critical, and then turning around months or years down the road and going, Man, I, I can't believe people just didn't pick up on this. Or why are the Republicans so stupid? Or why is everybody so I, – I'm hearing this. This is like a classic Democrat, liberal Bernie Sanders shit right here. Is sitting back and going, I, 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 I just don't get why everyone else is so stupid. You know. And this – I have to give some credit to the people at the so-called People Summit for at the very least reminding all of those liberals in the room that – They can't continue to blame Russia or Fox News for every single fucking thing that happens wrong in their lives. It's time, my progressive friends, and for those who will listen to this, 
to take a hard look in the mirror. Who are you? What do you stand for? What are you willing to do? Are you going to work day in and day out? Are you going to read a little bit every day? Are you going to learn more about organizing every day? Are you going to reach out to other activists every day? Are you going to try and put in a little more time this week than you did last week? If you're not willing to do those things, then don't be surprised when you run into people like myself who are going to tell you, hey, I commend you for the work you did, but you're not doing enough and you need to do more. And or, hey, I like the work you're doing, but it's not that effective. Time to step up your game. Don't be surprised. It was like my friends who were Bernie supporters who couldn't believe that I wasn't falling head over heels for a guy who said virtually nothing about U.S. empire. Half of the story is missing. Bernie's record on militarism isn't that good. Look back. You know, for as much as I didn't agree with all of the critiques that Jeffrey Sinclair and others had of Bernie Sanders, Paul Street and others, we have to be very clear. A lot of what they said was very true. And not only was a lot of what they said very true, they pointed out deep fundamental divisions within the progressive movement. If there is a so-called progressive movement that one can identify. Which sort of brings us to the so-called resistance that has fallen away and pre precipitously declined since the women's march and the big rallies at the airports. Again, folks, it was a matter of time. It is virtually unsustainable. It is Oh, wait, let's back up here. It's absolutely unsustainable to hold those sort of actions on a regular basis. And those sort of actions are also symbolic of a very naive and very uh, sort of easily influenced public that values symbolism over substance many times. And I had a conversation with my friend Sam Love about this the other day. I do think symbolism is very important. And in certain cases, it's actually maybe even more important than the substance of things. However, on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't like this constant, um, what can you say? Uh, you're just hearing people talk about narratives and symbols. and I, I, mean, I think that the left does this because they don't have much to show. I mean, what can the left show? Economic situation? Much worse today for every segment of society than it was 50 years ago. Institutional racism? Gets worse by the week. Um, what else? Healthcare? No hope on the horizon there. Affordable housing? Nope. Housing prices and apartment and rent prices keep going up. Uh, environmental gains? Absolutely not. The environment continues to be ravaged, and the left has enough power to maybe stop one of the thousands of pipelines that are being put in at any given moment. So instead of looking at the situation, understanding our limitations, being critical, and trying to improve upon our existing situation, we've come up with excuses. It's always someone else's fault. Oh, it was the right. Oh, it's the Russians. Oh, it's the corporations. No, it's the banks. No, it's this, it's that. It's, it's everything except for us. And I have long argued, and I will argue, until this is not the case, that we are the problem. That the left is the problem. That the left is so full of shit 
and in terms of its inability to organize, which it can't do. And there's tons of people who can get on a stage and and talk at a panel. We can talk all day. I'm very good at it. Um, but I also am good at getting on the ground and actually getting shit done. And there's people who have different skills. This is true. There's people who are good at speaking. There's people who are good at writing. There's people who are good at creating things. There's people who are good at holding meetings. There's people who are good at facilitation and so on. This is all true. But in the end, we have a lot of people who have a lot of ideas but no idea how to put those ideas into play. And, and you know, to back up also, let's be clear, I'm not quite sure we have that many ideas. I mean, I, I, I want to get rid of all of this. Like this... This idea, like I've never called, let me back up here. I've never called myself a socialist. I've never called myself a communist or an anarchist or anything like that. None of that shit has ever interested me. Are there concepts within those ideologies and ideas and political programs that I find interesting? Sure. But enough to call myself that? Enough to run around in the streets trying to sell newspapers for two bucks a piece? Trying to make a buck for my ridiculous political party that was antiquated maybe a half century ago it's really silly to me and it and it's very uninspiring now all of that well and let's actually let's talk about why it's uninspiring well i'm sorry folks but i'm not that inspired by an idea an idea that was created in 18 what it was it 42 Communist manifesto. My communist and socialist friends correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, 1842, okay. Workers of the world unite. The rich and the poor, blah, blah, blah. I mean, does that really excite people anymore? I don't fucking think so. I don't think so. In fact, I know so. You know. As my old friend says, I remain on the left in spite of the left, not because of it. I think there's a lot of good people on the left who are trying to do a lot of good things. I think a lot of them are batshit crazy. I think a lot of them have an extremely difficult time socializing with one another. And I've fallen prey to some of those things that I've seen on the left that I, that I absolutely despise today. I've fallen prey to that. There's no doubt. I'm, I'm guilty. Guilty as charged to all the charges. So people are sitting there saying, well, you know, Vince, you've done this and you've – yeah, you're absolutely right. I just – the only difference is I've had enough uh, sense to take a step back and to reevaluate things and to be hypercritical of not only myself but of the movement and the way we're organizing and what we're accomplishing and what we're not accomplishing. And the big division here is between people who actually want to win and people who just want to make themselves feel better. And this is something I've noticed a lot. And this is, this is sort of the, and I've, I've, I've noticed this with a lot of people in the Bernie crowd. You know, it's, it's, hey man, I supported Bernie. I was there. Don't blame me, man. I wasn't one of those Clinton supporters or I wasn't one of those, God forbid, one of those Trump supporters. I was a, I was a Bernie supporter, so don't blame me, man. I was doing what I was supposed to do. It's someone else's fault. I mean, that's the basic cry from Bernie supporters that I've heard for the last six months. Don't blame us, man. We had it right. Here's the deal. If Bernie would have won, he wouldn't have done a fucking thing. 
you do understand that, right, my friends who are listening, who are Bernie supporters? What in the fuck do you think he was going to get passed? Now, without question, it would have been better than Trump. Without question, it would have been better than Hillary Clinton. But let's not kid ourselves. Number one, he wouldn't have got a goddamn thing done. Number one. Number two, the area where he could have had a massive amount of influence, namely U.S. foreign policy, U.S. empire, he didn't say much about, other than we shouldn't continue to overthrow governments and democratically elected officials. Well, a round of applause for Bernie for wanting to follow international law. Thank you, Bernie, for that bold stance. In the meantime, he absolutely supports the idea that the United States should run the world with a thousand military bases in virtually every country and every corner of the planet. He believes that. His supporters believe that, which is why his supporters have had very limited successes, which is also why his supporters will have a very difficult time trying to reach out to their international counterparts who are going to want to know what their stance is on U.S. imperialism. That's what they're going to want to know. How, does, how do Bernie supporters expect to deal with U.S. empire? I've given them two years to try and answer that question, and I still haven't heard jack squat from Bernie supporters because they have nothing to say, because they have an inability to create an independent thought of their own. They simply parrot what Uncle Sanders says. So whatever Bernie says, his supporters repeat it. You see, my friends, this is no different fundamentally than what happened with Obama. During the Obama years, I remember asking people, hey, what do you think about this issue? What do you think? They took the position that Obama had on every single issue. You would have been hard-pressed to find someone in the 2008 campaign for Obama who would have taken a step back and said, you know, I agree with Obama here, but I think we need to take it a little further. Or, even more importantly, I wholeheartedly disagree with Obama on this issue, and so therefore, as a nominal supporter of Barack Obama's campaign, I am going to push him further to the left. But activists and progressives, and particularly liberals activists and progressive activists in the United States, have not learned fundamental lessons about their failures. I saw this during the Bernie campaign when they didn't push him to take a stance on U.S. empire, which leads me to believe that vast segments of the so-called progressive movement have absolutely nothing interesting to say about U.S. empire, which means they're missing half the story, which means they're not going to get a goddamn thing accomplished. That much, I promise, until U.S. empire is addressed, until there's a program that simultaneously ties education, social programs, health care, infrastructure, jobs, so on and so forth, to the fact that we're spending 54 cents of every discretionary dollar on the U.S. empire. Until that happens, and I haven't seen a goddamn thing of that sort, excuse me, my friends, if I don't get too excited about Bernie's so-called revolution and Nina Turner and Danny Glover and so on and so on. These people are articulating a political vision that many of us held when we were 19, 20, 21-year-old undergraduate students. 
Man, I didn't need to hear Bernie's campaign to realize that we should have free health care, free education, and living wage jobs. If you can't come to that conclusion on your own, my friends, I'm sorry, but that's the problem. If you can't come to that conclusion on your own, you are part of the problem. If it took you Bernie Sanders' campaign, if you're over the age of 30, and it took you Bernie Sanders' campaign to finally realize that we should have living wage jobs, an infrastructure program, green energy, health care, dentist, uh, dental, and uh, a free education, I don't know what to tell you. I'm glad you're with us. I'm glad you're here, I guess, if you're willing to do work. I mean, if you simply agree with us and you're not willing to do work, I have no time for you either. Um, you know, so, yeah, what else can I say? I mean, I'm just not that excited about it. I mean, there's not – and I watch the, the, these uh, so-called speeches, you know, in these panels. I mean, there's not a damn thing interesting said uh, on the panel with Klein and uh, Katrina Vanden Heuvel and Danny Glover and Jane Sanders and Amy Goodman. It's all the same regurgitated shit. And, the, and, and to her credit, Klein actually admitted such. I mean, Klein basically said on that panel, hey, I don't have any ideas about strategies. I can only, I can only talk to you about it. I can only talk to you about what's happening. I can only talk to you about what's wrong. I can only give you an analysis of what's happening. The People's Summit is symbolic of everything that is flawed on the left. So you bring all these people together. You let them listen to these celebrity activists who basically tell them the same shit that they've been hearing forever. So people aren't really learning anything new. People aren't questioning anything. People aren't challenging themselves. People aren't developing anything independently. They're just showing up to workshops and taking pictures with celebrities and you know, listening to speeches and drinking beer and having food and the whole thing. I mean, it's a joke. I've been to these conferences for the last decade all over the world. All sorts of conferences. The only, re you know, the only reasonable and decent conference that I went to where we actually had very critical discussions, which are, again, very difficult to have on a stage with strangers in some huge auditorium. That's not where those conversations take place. I mean, anyway, the Earth at Risk conference in 2014 was a good conference. We had really critical conversations, and people disagreed with one another, uh, which I didn't see much of at all at the People's Summit, and that scares the shit out of me. Uh, it scares the living shit out of me to see hundreds, if not thousands, of people in a space together, and there being very little uh, public disagreement that's frightening on a level that's hard to describe so I will go back tonight and I will listen to the rest of the speeches and I will as I guess I'm going to assume that I'm not going to find much of interest and I'm going to assume that I'm not going to find a political spec uh, a political perspective outside of what you can find on Democracy Now! and the Young Turks. And again, does that mean that these people are uh, terrible people? No. Does that mean that, these, that I don't like these people personally? No. You know, let's just, just kind of drop all that. But just understand the limitations of what you're watching. So, you know, a lot of, it's interesting because a lot of the same people who are into Bernie Sanders and, you know, Young Turks and, and Democracy Now! and, you know, 
10 years ago, they were just as rabid and goofy and, and screwy when it came to the Democratic Party and MSNBC and Rachel Maddow and the New York Times and all the rest. I've seen it before. We've, we've all seen it before. These are the same folks who, during the Bush years, are, oh, MSNBC and the Democratic Party are going to save us. And, and, you know, it's these ignorant right-wing blah, 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 man. Same old shit. It's, it's actually, when I start focusing on this national stuff and the prospects of there being some national progressive political movement in the United States, it depresses the shit out of me. It really does. It depresses the fuck out of me. And I just have to be honest with you folks. I can't sit here and bullshit you. There's people I know who are like, Vince, you, you need to lighten up with people. You need to just kind of tell them, you know, tell them uh, what they want to hear sometimes and, you know, sort of sugarcoat some of where you're coming from. I can't do that. I mean, I'm sorry if that makes me a bad organizer, if that makes me not as an effective broadcaster or writer or whatever. That's fine. You know? We got one shot at this life. And when I'm laying on my deathbed, I'm not going to be sitting there thinking, man, did you make all the pragmatic choices that you should have made in life? Or am I going to be sitting there saying, man, why didn't you just speak from the heart? Why didn't you just speak from the heart and tell the truth as you saw it and then just let the chips fall where they may? That's the way I'm going to approach things. I don't give a fuck what you think. (laughs) <laughs> whoever it is that's listening, my parents, my relatives, my fellow organizers, my friends, whoever, I don't give a fuck what you think about my opinion about things. Just like I don't expect you to give a fuck what I have to say all the time. But what you need to know is that I'll be there. I'll be there to back you up. I'll be there to put in the work. I'll be there to knock on the doors, make the phone calls, donate the money if I have it. I'll be there to volunteer. I'll be in the streets with you. I'll be there if the police are there. I'll be there if there's a right-wing militia group there. I'll be there if there's someone trying to beat you up. I'll be there if a public official tries to shout you down. I'll be there if you start an independent project. I'll be there if you start an independent campaign. I'll be there. I promise you that. But you might not like what I have to say about it. And I'm sorry, but... The more and more time goes on, the more confident I become in saying these things because it turns out that a lot of what I'm thinking and a lot of what I'm, I'm seeing is turning out the way I expect it to turn out. From the Bernie campaign to Obama to the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan to the environmental movement to race relations within the progressive movement to racial divisions in society and so on and so on. It is very clear where this society is headed. It is very clear where the world is headed if things don't radically and drastically change. I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat that for people who want to be taken seriously so they can get a job and a profession and a career working for some NGO somewhere doing something. You folks are the enemy to progress and change. The careerists and the professional class who... Uh, you know, are constantly thinking about their career and wh- how to move forward and how to be taken seriously. Yeah, people take Van Jones seriously. People also take Donald Trump seriously. People take Sean Hannity seriously. That doesn't mean a fucking thing to me. Just because tens of millions of people take Sean Hannity seriously doesn't mean that I take him seriously. 
just because tens of millions of people take Van Jones seriously doesn't mean that I take him seriously. Is he better than some? Sure, but he's worse than most. And I tell you what, folks, you those of you who are going to organize within the Democratic Party are in for a world of hurt and disappointment. A world of hurt and disappointment. And I say that, again, as someone who has basically devoted my whole damn life to this work. So if you can't convince me, and, I'm, and I've done the lesser of evil voting, I continue to vote for Democrats at the local level when there's no alternative options because it makes pragmatic, practical sense. But pragmatism is not a political vision, nor is it a strategy for the future. We need new ideas. We need people to push the envelope. You can't expect me to get excited about milquetoast policies or policies that were once popular. You know, as my friend Rob says, yeah, Bernie, Bernie Sanders articulating what people knew to be true in the 1930s, namely that the U.S. government should provide services for people and that corporations shouldn't run the whole damn show. I mean, if that's the most exciting political development in the United States, oh, man, we, we got a lot of work to do, folks. Got a lot of work to do. And how does this play out on a local level? Well, I started this conversation by mentioning a local campaign uh, pavilion that they wanted to build in the National Lakeshore in Chesterton, Indiana, right on the in the Dunes National Lakeshore, uh, on Lake Michigan. For those, anyway, sorry for those who aren't aware. So they lost that campaign. And for a long time, I've been wondering, why did they lose that campaign? I mean, I can see very obvious things from the outside, but I wasn't uh, really involved with that campaign enough to make a proper assessment of why they lost. But then I spoke with a friend today who was telling me that one of the organizations who led the effort is a non-governmental organization, 501c3 status, and didn't want to take an explicitly anti-Republican stance on the issue, even though it was by and large Republicans who were pushing for this measure and who passed this measure because they didn't want to lose their 501c3 status. Does this mean that NGOs don't play any significant role in society? No. Does this mean that NGOs don't do positive work? No. However, does this mean that we should maybe question when NGOs and what NGOs are in charge of what campaigns and when and how? Of course we should. Of course. So they lost that campaign not because they didn't have enough energy, not because people weren't interested in the topic. There were hundreds, imagine, hundreds of people showing up to community meetings. Imagine that in a town of 15,000. Hundreds of people showing up in opposition to this pavilion neoliberal project, privatizing public goods and services to make a profit for a private entity, destroying the environment, and not providing services to people in the meantime. Sort of the textbook definition of a neoliberal development project. And so why that story was so interesting 
and I'll eventually tie this back into the limitations of Bernie's campaign and the limitations of the People's Summit. The reason that my friend's reflections about that particular campaign were so interesting was because we are now engaged in a very similar campaign here in Michigan City, Indiana, where the Redevelopment Commission, the city, and the park board want to build a private adventure park on top of the last untouched the last remaining untouched sand dune in our county, which is called Bismarck Hill. It is also the largest sand dune in LaPorte County. And the sand dunes, for those of you who've never been here, are quite majestic. They are, without question, the greatest natural resource that we have in this region. And I don't want to call it a resource. I mean, I'll give, give you an idea of how propagandized I've become and brainwashed by this whole damn system. I mean, it's not a resource. It's the, the dunes are a living thing with billions and millions and of creatures and insects and bacteria and salamanders. and I mean, all, there's so many things living in that dune. And so in any case, the Michigan City Social Justice Group and its environmental subcommittee led the way on opposing this development project. They canvassed neighborhoods, knocked on doors, sent emails, made phone calls, did a social media blast campaign, reached out to folks, held meetings. And a local NGO whose stated purpose is to protect dunes couldn't be bothered. You know, <laughs> they couldn't be bothered for weeks. And then the day of the very important park board meeting where we turned out over 65 people in what was the largest park board meeting in the history of this city, perhaps one of the largest public city events in the history of the city as well at City Hall, a group of unpaid volunteers, largely poor and working class people, turned out close to 65 residents for a park board meeting on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. Can you imagine? And for those of you who are organizers, you know what kind of work that takes. But where, where was that Democratic Party? Now, where was Bernie's revolution? Where was Hillary Clinton's resistance? They're nowhere to be found. Where were the big environmental NGOs who are out there protecting the dunes and the Sierra Club and all the rest, they're nowhere to be found, of course. They don't know how to organize. The NGO that I'm referring to turned out five people. Five people. You see, folks, the future of organizing, I promise this, and for those who disagree, Let's let's see how it plays out, my friends. I look forward to speaking with you in the coming years. The future of organizing is not going to be decided by the future of progressive politics is not going to be decided by the 350.orgs of the world, the Sierra Clubs and the Our Revolution and Progressive Democrats of America and blah blah fucking blah. The future of progressive politics in this country will be decided by 
local and regional community groups where people actually are held accountable. And groups that aren't structured from the top down with leaders who get up and give orders and so on, but by people who can critically think for themselves and by people who have the capacity and the ability to ask important and critical questions. And then to take those discussions and those ideas and actually implement them in the real world. But the NGO structures, these top-down structures, which the People Summit has followed verbatim, making all of the same mistakes that movements have made in the past. That's not the future. That is definitely not the future. And for those of you who are trying to make a career off of it, and I see you, and I know who the fuck you are, I see your little faces pop up on my social media I see you posting to social media. I see your little videos and your, you know, your wannabe this and wannabe that. You know. We see you and we know who you are. People who aren't genuine, you will be called out. People who are not willing to do work, you will be called out. People who are not willing to ask critical questions, you will be called out. You know, one thing I do appreciate about the right is that they are serious about what they're doing. They are dead serious about what they're doing. They like to win, and they like power. And those are two things that people on the left still haven't learned. Number one, that the only thing that matters is winning. And number two, that you can't be scared of power. That doesn't mean that you should lust for power, which is quite a different thing. But owning up to the realities of the world in which we live and then also recognizing that it does take people to actually make decisions and to be in positions of power. Not that that's an ideal structure either, but that that is the case. And we have to recognize that as, as uh, activists, as decent citizens, as people who want to make the world a more living, peaceful, just entity. can't be scared of power and we can't skirt from conversations about winning that is what we're trying to do right if we win so what people oh what do you mean win when we let's take a simple example do more people have health care today than they did yesterday the answer is no that means we're losing. Is the environment in better shape today than it was yesterday? The answer is no. So we are losing. Are there more wars today? Are there more U.S. military bases? Are there more drone strikes? Are there less today than there were yesterday? The answer is no, which means we're losing. And we can go down the list. Because I'm also getting into these conversations with sort of these postmodern new age activists who are like oh but what is winning i mean at the end of the day it, it just it really doesn't even matter if we win i mean all of this is just kind of like a performance anyway right i mean we're just here and creating narratives and get fucking real are the housing prices in are is, is rent cheaper or more expensive than it was last year if it's cheaper then we're winning 
if it's more expensive, then we're fucking losing. And that's the bottom line. I don't want to hear your excuses, and I don't want to hear your bullshit way of spinning it. Well, yeah, we might not have gotten higher minimum wage, but at least we changed the narrative. Shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to fucking hear it. Either you get accomplished what you wanted to get accomplished and accomplish your goals, and you achieve them, and then you move on and you create new goals, or you don't. It's that fucking simple. It's not, well, I went to the gym for the last six months and I don't really get much accomplished in terms of getting myself in better shape and condition, but I have to say that I've changed the narrative about how I think about working out. No, motherfucker, you went to the gym for six months, you didn't get shit done. That's what fucking matters. So we need to snap out of it, folks. And this shit around the People's Summit and parading Bernie around and keep, you know, beating a dead horse. How fucking sad is it that my 75-year-old neighbor was more inclined to move beyond Bernie than some of my 25-year-old friends, 30, 35-year-old friends? I mean, how sad is that? I got a 75-year-old neighbor who came up to me this past week and he said, what is this shit in Chicago, Vince? Why aren't you there? I told him. And he said, don't you think it's time for these people like that to just, you know, goodbye. You had your moment. Goodbye. Hillary, you had your moment. Goodbye. Should have been gone in the late 90s. See you later. You should have definitely been gone after you voted for the war in Iraq. That aside. You had your moment in the sunlight. Goodbye. Bernie, you had your moment in the sunlight. Goodbye. And let's also be serious. I mean, Colonel Sanders squandered one of the biggest political movements in the history of the United States. Completely squandered. No vision. Internal. His campaign was an internal clusterfuck, as was noted by many of the people who organized within his campaign. They didn't set it from the, from the, from the outset. They didn't plan on winning, so they didn't go in with a winning strategy and a winning attitude. And in the end, he was in the impossible position of spending 18 months explaining why Hillary Clinton is a crooked piece of shit and then at the end saying, but by the way, if you could just vote for her because she's at least better than Donald Trump. He squandered it. It's over with. Does that mean it was a total failure? Of course not. Let's be nuanced and serious. Of course not. I've long argued that the greatest thing about the Bernie campaign was that it brought new people into the mix and it allowed me to meet like-minded activists in the region, many of whom I continue to do work with today. For that and that alone, I think the campaign was worthwhile. But it's over with, and it's time to move on. And parading the same old faces, saying the same old fucking things year after year after year, and then standing back and wondering, how did we, oh my God, how do we get Bush? Oh my God, how do we get Donald Trump? Because you're not saying anything interesting. Because you don't know how to speak to people. Because you don't have any independent thoughts. Because you don't know how to be critical. Because you don't know how to be reflective. That's why. That's why we keep losing. Because we haven't learned fundamental lessons about organizing. 
because we listen to people like Amy Goodman and Danny Glover, a media star and a fucking movie star, instead of listening to grassroots organizers who are on the ground day in and day out developing strategies and tactics for how to win actual battles. We don't do that. People, largely naive and ignorant, are more inclined to sit down and listen to Bernie Sanders give the same old stump speech he gave for 18 months. I mean, if you are nuts enough to want to listen to Bernie Sanders give another fucking talk, and if you find that inspiring, I, 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 <laughs> I have to seriously question where the fuck your head is at. And whether or not you have the ability to develop independent thoughts. And whether or not you have the ability to think for yourself. And to question authority and to ask someone like, you know, so let's say Bernie would have won. You know, it's the last five minutes of the program. But I think this is the most interesting thing, actually. What if Bernie would have won? Not so much before I mentioned what he wouldn't have accomplished, what he, wouldn't, what he wasn't willing to address and not having the Congress that he wanted and so on. All that aside, let's just talk about Bernie supporters. If Bernie would have won the primary, and if Bernie would have won the general election, and if Bernie was the president right now, what would his supporters be doing? That's the biggest question we should be asking right now. And if you are one of those supporters, you should be asking yourself that question. These people are not our friends. These people are public figures who should be pressured and critiqued relentlessly. And if you're not willing to pressure and critique people like Obama and people like Bernie relentlessly, then you're no friend of mine. You're no ally of mine. And in fact, I'd argue you're fucking useless. Get the fuck out of the way because you're going to be embarrassed when our crew comes rolling through and we put you in your place. Get out of the way. There's some of us who are trying to do work, we're trying to get shit done, and you're in the fucking way. And you're the same type of people who for eight years under Obama couldn't be bothered to say a critical thing about their wonderful president. And as a result, we got Trump. And now, today, with Bernie on the sidelines, well, I guess he's in the Senate, which, anyway... You know, where is support, where, what are his supporters going to do? Are they pushing him to be further to the left? No. Not like Jeremy Corbyn. And to be honest, Bernie Sanders is a poor man's Jeremy Corbyn anyway. Jeremy Corbyn actually has a history of working with grassroots political organizations, particularly the anti-war movement. So there's an entire sort of segment of Corbyn's life and Corbyn's activism that is utterly lacking from Sanders' activism and life. And so Sanders loses and Corbyn almost wins. Corbyn does better than Sanders because Corbyn's twice the activist and twice the intellectual that Sanders is. The Bernie era is over, folks. In five years, no one will give a flying fuck about Bernie Sanders. And if not in five years, at least in ten years. And by that time, we'll be lucky if we have drinking water. So, you know, what do you want to do as a result of that? To me, none of that is 
particularly depressing is just the situation. If we're going to keep, you know, we're going to keep dragging out these old faces with these old ideas, with the same old names, same old concepts, don't be surprised when you get the same old results. All right, folks, good to be back. We'll be talking with other folks as the weeks go on and, you know, all the rest. Check out the Facebook page at Vince Emanuele. Check out Meditations and Molotovs and all the rest. You are listening to the Progressive Radio Network, prn.fm, where you can find me here every Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time. In what we're doing now, we are getting to a feel of the world that is neither organic nor what it is. We don't know the contrast, just as we don't know the contrast voluntary involuntary. We don't know the contrast organic. 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 